Welcome to the Spike Feed, your leading Magic the Gathering podcast. What is up? My name is Curtis, and I'm just your typical Spike. On the line with me, featuring a new camera angle, mm. my good buddy and executive producer, Cameron McCoy. Cameron, what's with the new framing on the webcam? It's it's. I, I went from 24 millimeters to 35 millimeters. Just wanted to get a little tighter. Yeah, well, <laughs> um, I, I am so excited because now I can gauge your overall personal health much more effectively, right? Yeah. Um, really, I'm like a nagging mother to Cameron. I'm always making sure he's eating his ve- green vegetables, yeah. making sure he's yeah. taking care of himself, exfoliating, et cetera. <laughs> and Cameron, you look great. You're, do- you're doing a great Thanks, job. Curtis. Yeah, appreciate it, man. <laughs> um, should, so I, I'm just asking you, like, do you want to talk about what you've been playing this week? We kind of had a news bomb dropped on us. Uh, Would we be burying the lead if we did that? Or, like, give yeah. me your feel for this. I mean, I don't have, like, I've been playing Explorer. Blue Black Rogues, it's good. Putting the new Shieldred in, really, really good. So, like, there's there's my review of the week. <laughs> Shieldred, four mana Shieldred, is good. Yes. Shieldred well. with Shieldred is also very good. Oh, man. What if you had three different versions of Shieldred in your deck? That's this crazy town, man. Let's do yeah. it. You want to get yeah, nuts? Let's, let's get nuts. <laughs> <laughs> and insert the sounder here. Um, but, you know, we were going to talk probably pretty extensively about the Pro Tour. Um, and, and I will discuss that a little bit. But I think the major discussion piece that we have to go through is this article that came out. They announced it during the um, Pro Tour. I was not watching when this was happening because I was at a kid's like sports practice kind of thing. Um, and so then I just clicked the link. So I haven't seen them talk about this on the stream yet. So just full disclosure in case we're missing any specific details, but I've read the article a couple times and essentially the article's titled revitalizing standard. It's by, uh, Billy Jensen, William Jensen, I assume is the same guy, the, uh, really famous, uh, pro magic player. Uh, and Aaron Forsythe. So there's a lot to kind of unpack on this, but essentially here's what it is. They're canceling rotation in October. Uh, Cards won't be rotating again until a year from October. So cards will remain legal and standard for three years versus, you know, whatever side of two years they are, right? Because, like, I think currently it could be one and a half to two and a half, however that looks. Um, and they kind of go through how they hope this will help revitalize store-based standard. So, Cameron, two questions. First of all, did this strike you in your gut, in your extremely well-toned gut, as a good thing? Or were you out on it? And then secondly, you know, is this the, the symptom or the problem with standard, I guess? <laughs> so where you at with that? Yeah, I mean, I will say, like, they're addressing it, right? There is an elephant in the room, and is it is people just aren't playing standard the way they used to. And it, it's a problem because that is the bread and butter. That's the driving force of rotating magic, right? I mean, it seems like for its history, that's how it helped to move more product was standard. I mean, limited to a lesser extent, but really it was mm-hmm. standard. You're building these decks in order to get there. So they're addressing something um, which is like, when you go to the local shops, at least my around my area, you know, it used to be 30, 40 people at an FNM, and now 
standard tournaments don't even fire sometimes. People are playing modern. Play, people are playing more commander. And I think that might be maybe the first issue is that the popularity of commander, I think, has just completely replaced uh, the competitive scene, specifically standard being pulled from that. Um, mm-hmm. So that to me seems to be like the the number one th- uh, thing. So I guess I guess I'm giving them props for doing something, addressing it, like seeing the elephant in the room. But I feel like there's a butt here. <laughs> I, I I just is this gonna help? I mean, like I I just like this isn't going to increase attendance. I don't think in the way that maybe they're wanting it to. Um, if they do this, I think there are some solutions. Like I would, I would love for them to maybe have a little bit more of like an ambitious um, bannings, you know, where like to actually really freshen up standard. It's like, listen, yeah, rotation is not happening, but we are going to ban X, Y, and Z to open up the more to hopefully create more diversity in in the in the long term. I guess, but I don't know, man. Like it's um. It's just a weird thing. I'm glad they're addressing it. I just don't know if this is the thing that's going to be the silver bullet. It kind of feels like when I say out loud, hey, maybe I should get on the treadmill every morning. That's not really solving some of the overall problems with maybe the fact that I like to eat ice cream every evening, right? Um, But it's like a starting point. Mm-hmm. Um. I do want to say this, like, I I do, I hope that there's more to this plan than this. Because I've definitely viewed this as a symptom, not the disease. And again, let's just put on our super anecdotal hats, sample size, et cetera, et cetera. Cameron, I, yes, Commander is what fires a Friday Night Magic. But when I'm there, none of those people were the people that were playing the competitive Friday Night Magics with Standard. Sure. It is very rare for that to be the same group of people. Almost everyone that I played around, and like, just to give my timeline, is I really started getting competitive, or like being a Friday Night Magic player, maybe competitive is a strong word, but regularly doing that, probably in the, the, like, you know, 2008 window, right? And maybe a little bit before, but I had this group of people that I wasn't necessarily like close with, but you know we would see each other at the same events. We would see each other at the same GPs. We'd be on a first name basis. We would go over decks and sideboards and deck lists and stuff together. You know, maybe message each other on Facebook to coordinate like a trade or something. Nothing crazy, you know. N- like none of those people play Magic anymore in my you know area. So while Commander has replaced it, I mean I see it. Commander is a lot more. Um, it's very casual, um, and it's not a lot of those competitive players who just appear to have vanished. Maybe they're all playing League of Legends now or something. I have no idea, right? But it's it's a difficult thing for me to like square that they essentially cut off all the standard Grand Prix, essentially <laughs> made the prize structure and everything. They oriented it around Arena, and there was nothing to really climb towards or get to. I used to know how you would get on the Pro Tour in Magic the Gathering, right? Mm-hmm. I used to know how you could get to the National Championship. I used to know when the state championship was in my state. And guess what? I would play 
and learn formats based upon those events. And uh, and like now that's all gone. So if you're still not going to put the carrot in front of me, I don't know that this is going to move the needle that far. Can we talk about this in terms of arena though? Mm-hmm. We have to, right? Yeah. Because you and I mostly play on arena. There's going to be a 50 card set called aftermath, right? That's almost, it's like all rares and mythic rares. It's coming out in a few weeks. Then there won't be another standard set until the Wilds of Eldraine in September. Because the the summer is the Lord of the Rings set. It's weirdly Commander, Modern, and Legacy legal. But not Pioneer and Standard. So, I, I guess, help me, help me with this element of it, Cameron. Like, are you just going to jump to explore for many months at a time? Or are you just going to... Have to unplug from magic for many months at a time. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I'll still go to some pioneer events, maybe once a month or whatever. But other than that, yeah, explorer seems to be the thing to be doing. Uh, other than maybe a random draft on arena, I don't know, man. Like that is crazy when you say that because maybe are also part of the problem is just the lack of a strong this is the set that applies directly to standard right there's so many other products and releases and all this other stuff that honestly there's there's card fatigue i mean we talk about this all the time like you get fatigued to just like the amount of sets and amount of product being pushed out on top of like I don't even know. I thought the Lord of the Rings set was going to be like the Dungeons and Dragons set, and it was going to be the standard thing. This is news, you know, that like, nope, it's only applying to this one specific, you know, non-rotating cadre, but not everything. I mean, like, there's just so many, ah, it's frustrating because there's just so much out there that, yeah, like what is beyond just the clear path of like, here's the standard uh, achievement in order to become a pro like how do you even dive in and say no these are the cards that you need for a standard deck because there's just so much yeah it's been diluted chopped up and de-emphasized and then they're like wait a minute seems like many, I, I don't know like i don't know if it was just hubris that they thought standard was untouchable or they legitimately thought market forces are lining in such a way where we should de-emphasize standard, right? Mm-hmm. And then they got to that, and then they thought, oh, wait a minute. Commander players don't buy as much sealed product as maybe we thought they would. Or, it, Yeah. and I, I'm just going to say, I think they are still paying for the sins of alchemy. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- I think they were putting all all of their eggs in that basket saying this is going to replace standard this is going to be the new way that we're going to you know keep it fresh with that type of player this is where all the tournament people are going to go and i mean i think they don't have an actual plan that wasn't going to involve alchemy and now they're like picking up the pieces trying to figure out what to do and in the interim it's well let's just tack on a year of standard cards, you know, or on a, a, a year of cards. I don't know, man. Like, that's 
crazy, and I'm going to blame alchemy a little bit too. Well, you should. And by the way, the dagger in the announcement is standard isn't going to rotate because we want people to go to the store. But if you're a person that really wants that rotation in a competitive level, alchemy is going to rotate in October. It's like, okay, well, I, I, fantastic. You have not sweetened that pot for me like at all. Mm -hmm. Watsy, I'm just going to tell you this right now. There is no price point in which I will play alchemy. You would have to pay me to play it. I don't know what that sum of money would be, but there is zero chance that I would ever play it for free. (laughs) You could say, here are all the cards. You can play it forever for free. And I would say, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I, I would rather pay. I don't know what amount of money it would be. I'm like ashamed to say this. But I would happily pay to remove alchemy from existence. <laughs> that's, that's my level of distaste for it. Yeah, like, man. And the, the, they just kind of slide that in there. And, and again, I always, I always let people like, well, if you don't like it, just it didn't affect you. Uh, yeah, it did. Because I used to play this format called Historic that I really liked. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. bought cards and all this. And then out of nowhere, they made changes to cards that were printed without any warning. And now I'm expected to know those cards. And also, their designs are horrific. So, no, I'm not interested. Good day, sir. Right? So, anyway, I think this is a complex beast, but they've got, like, this Pro Tour here, like, they should go back to every Pro Tour being standard. They should go back to every Grand Prix being standard. They should go back to having coverage for standard. Right? And here's another thought. Maybe just release standard products. I know this is a lot to wrap your head around, but something can be released as a standard product and be used by the commander community. It might hmm. be hard to believe, but they've done this in the past for many years. And it worked out just fine, Cameron. You don't have to separate this all out. And like, it just is amazing to me how much they've diluted it. Anyway, I, this is me kind of going down this negative tangent, and I apologize. This is probably net a good thing for stores, too, because it allows them to sell these cards. Something like Wedding Announcement is probably going to be 100% worthless. Um, what? And as soon as it rotates, there's yeah. no way that thing is good enough for Modern or Pioneer. So, cool. Like, if you've got some Wedding Announcements, um, weird turn of phrase, but if you've got some Wedding Announcements, <laughs> they're actually worth something, right? Um, Cameron, any other thoughts on this before we move off to? Uh, you know, can aftermath? you just give me a little historical context? Extended. How many years was an extended set worth? Like, like you know, I want to say I want to say eight. So oh, wow. okay, okay. I'll, I'll give I'll give you like a deeper history lesson than that. So whenever I first started playing, again, it was all kind of very tabletop, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, me and former show co-host Dustin. Um, we would play it like high school and stuff. And standard was new at that point. Um, and extended, so they they called standard type two. What is now vintage was type one. There was no such thing as legacy. And extended was one point five. And extended died about a year before they unveiled modern. Um, and 
I do know that extended relied a lot on these kind of comp like using the expression combo deck for Thopter Foundry <laughs> kind mm. of seems like a little but yes, it was like Thopter Foundry. There was a Hexmage Depths deck in Extended. Um but modern, I think, and I think there was a fairies deck at the very tail end of Extended as well. It was like fairies with Jace the Mind Sculptor. Um, mm. But it would there was an Extended season, and you would buy and sell into, I mean, and I was not playing Extended at that point. I was just trying to build up Standard. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I remember selling old cards that would, would have been Extended in that season to get into a bunch of Alara block cards. So hmm. that's been that's been a minute for me. Back when I was a broke, very new teacher, it was like spending forty dollars on a fetch land was like a very concerning issue in my life, <laughs> right? Sure. Um, it's totally changed now, Cameron. Now that I'm independently wealthy, fetch lands everywhere, everywhere. dude. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so extended is not three years, though. I guess is where you were. Headed yeah, with that. that's I guess where I'm going with that. And my other question then is like in the history of standard, has it always been like a I know they've changed kind of like the cadence or the release schedule of certain cards, but as far as like the set amount of time that a standard rotation was, has it always been two years or has that ever yeah, been? mostly. Yeah, okay. Well, like forever and ever, it was two blocks. And so that's how you would talk about it. You would say... Sure, yeah, that makes sense. Um, you would t- say, you know, Innistrad Ravnica, right? Mm-hmm. Or... Um, Phyrexia Innistrad, right? Like, and that that would inst like me saying that like instantly percolated decks to, you know, I was like, oh, the Thrag Tusker, and like, it's kind of been muddled. Cameron, I'm just gonna tell you this right now. I liked the block structure. I I, I know that makes me yeah. I, know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I know that makes me maybe basic and uninteresting, and it kind of led to problems for selling. Uh, limited events at stores because you know some of them were supposed to be you were open a pack of each one yeah and you would show up and they would say okay well we don't have enough packs of scars of mirrodin so you're just going to do three packs of new phyrexia which were not meant to be drafted altogether so there there were some things like that that i mean needed to be corrected um but yeah the block setup i i quite enjoyed um anyway i I feel like we're going along on this. I did want to just kind of get your impressions on the aftermath thing. So, fifty card set. I think it's five or six cards in a pack. It's not draftable. It's exclusively rares and mythic rares. So, I mean, if you want to be really nitty about it, you could say you're essentially cutting out the commons and uncommons. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's meant to sew up this story, which I know you've been so so oh, invested in. I need that story. Um. <laughs> uh, so. <laughs> I, I, I won't. Maybe this thing is is going to be good, but it feels like it's already an object failure. <laughs> but <laughs> where yeah, you at on this thing? Man? I mean, once again, it it this is the sort of thing that does kind of cause that confusion of like, okay, so what is standard again? <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, so you get fifty additional rares and mythics. Cool, I guess. I mean, maybe there'll be some really awesome cards in it. Um. And I guess if it's cinching up the lore, great. But how does it actually affect the game and like the larger standard meta game? So when they're here, we'll see. 
How are you going to feel about buying a five-card pack, by the way? Same price. Uh, I don't know. Same way I've felt about spending $1,000 on a four-card, <laughs> four-pack set. Yeah, I kind of hate it when people are like, you know, but they are cutting out the commons. It's like, <laughs> ooh. But on a business level, I'm paying the same amount for a lot less cardboard. And that chafes me. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. But you know what? I, I haven't been engaged with buying product almost ever outside of drafts. So, you know, there are grand, amazing collector boxes that have, uh, you know, etched borderless foils that flip into transformers. Like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm just not that guy. So, um, anyway... So, Cameron, I think we'll dig into some of the actual Aftermath cards next week. We'll also probably talk a little bit more about the Pro Tour and their utterly tragic camera angle. I just, I'll put <laughs> it on screen doing? for you. Yeah, yeah. You just got to see that guy's score pad and his bottled water and his iPhone upside down. Why not his key? Like, you know, it's a real, it's a real still life. Mm-hmm. You know. It, it, it's a, it's it's really something else. Anyway, so we'll talk about all that stuff next week. But Cameron, let's get out of the segment, and come back, and talk about what else we've been up to. So Cameron, I feel like maybe we should turn in our Star Wars fan card because Star Wars Jedi Survivor is all the discussion, both good and bad, and not played it, not touched it. Um, apparently Arcane also had a disastrous launch with Redfall and I also have not played or touched that. And I love Arcane studio mm-hmm. games. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, however, we're staying very current because it says here that you're playing portal with ray tracing, yeah. which I love. So steam, uh, just valve as a company, just, they always, they're so weird and I love it. I just love that they take. Like, you're never going to see the completion of the Half-Life series, you know. I mean, you you want a Counter-Strike from 15 years ago, we're going to continue with that, and it's still going to be, like, the most played competitive thing, you know. And why not take Portal, like, this darling of a concept, it's a great and game. Um, just throw a new coat of paint on it in the form of ray tracing, RTX, you know, the whole shebang on that. So they they released a new version of, of Portal, that has like new textures and the the light ray tracing stuff, um, and I'm rocking a newer graphics card in this machine now. It's the like, and so I can do the full DLSS ray tracing stuff. It looks great on everything from like Cyberpunk and Witcher and all that to uh, this Portal game. And I just can't get over that that how good this game is, and just revisiting this game after. Gosh, it's been 15 years since the last time I played Portal. And just how incredible the game is, how perfect it is as far as just like a demo of like this idea that they expanded into a whole series. And it just, it's got the humor. It's got like just perfect level design. And then with like this new ray tracing thing, it looks incredible. I can't get over that this game is that old and it still holds up as like, like a crowning achievement. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. Like if you haven't ever played portal, I would totally recommend it. And if you have a capable PC, this art, the RTX ray tracing thing just adds 
a whole nother like layer of beauty to it. And um, yeah, I guess I'm not saying anything new that hasn't ever been said about Portal before, but um, the this new demo is just fantastic. Has the ray tracing thing ever come out for Minecraft? I know they were in beta with that. Yes, I haven't. I think that's. I think that there is something available for that, which I'm sure probably has its own weird beauty to it. Yeah, yeah, I've heard amazing things about that too. But no, dude, Portal One and Two are really good. Like, <laughs> yeah, um, it's kind of amazing how well they hold up. And because uh, I was playing Portal Two when they released the 4K like backwards compatible version mm-hmm. on Xbox and it's, it's great. That was great too, you know. Mm-hmm. Um what is Apollo 10 and a half? Yeah, so this is a Netflix movie that came out I think over the winter time. Um I'm just getting to it. Uh it's by the director Richard Linklater. Mm-hmm. Who directed, you know, the before trilogy, Boyhood, um School of Rock. Uh, so this is his latest movie, and it does that weird cell shading thing with the um, where they essentially animate on top of like video files. So it has like that weird the scanner oh, darkly sort of thing. So that animation is not my favorite the Hobbit. thing. The Hobbit, yes, all the the Fleischer animation, um, Superman stuff. Yeah, that type that type of animation. Um, so anyway, they, he does that. He did that for Scanner Darkly. He does that for this. And it's just this weird thing where, like, apparently between Apollos 10 and 11, they designed a, a capsule that was too small for three grown men. And so, the, like, NASA hired a 10-year-old kid to go on Apollo 10 and a half. And that concept is really just a conceit to tell, like, this very personal story of Linklater in growing up in Houston in the 1960s, his dad worked for NASA, and it's just oh, this wow. kind of like great, um, yeah, just reflective uh, reflection on on American society in the 1960s, um, just suburbia and all that stuff. Um, and in classic Linklater fashion, it just it's very it's such a simple concept, a simple premise. Um, but it's just very beautiful, like a beautifully told story. Um, and I just thoroughly enjoyed it. It was just a, uh, it was just a, very, like I said, it's a charming piece that uh, that guy, he just knows how to, I don't know, tug at my heartstrings in a way, uh, as far as like a filmmaker, he continues to be one of my favorite writer filmmakers out there. Yeah. So I, maybe this is us like just kind of getting our, um, cinema blind spots out of the way but i've never seen the before trilogy oh dude i know it exists and everybody says it's amazing yeah it's a trilogy right there's three it's a trilogy yeah yeah and i think they might be doing a fourth one but um yeah once again talk about indie like it takes you know first half of that movie takes place on a train and it's just two people talking and that is it and it's there's something special about it and especially I think for you and your wife, because you guys, your 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 travels to Europe and kind of having like that sort of thing, I I think you might latch on and identify with certain aspects of just being in your twenties and traveling Europe, you know, and just that sort of thing and developing a relationship over there and how that kind of I don't know informs maybe the rest of your life. Um, that that's that's the before trilogy. Is it Ethan Hawke as the male lead? Ethan Hawke and I can't remember. Oh, you're gonna. I, I, off well, the top of my head, I can't of, remember. Yeah, 
a lot of people say I look like a young Ethan Hawke. Like, I get that a lot. I totally so, agree. I agree. Uh, yeah. yeah, so <laughs> makes sense. Um, dude, I kind of feel like we're on Zelda Eve. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. we are going to be really into that. Um, and so, like, I've just been kind of biding my time with Advance Wars mm. uh, between here and there. And um, Advance Wars is great. It is... Um, it's got kind of that old school difficulty moment to it here and there where, you know, people always tell you, oh, you know, Elden Ring can get so difficult, but really it becomes a stubborn issue, right? Like if you're stubborn mm-hmm. enough, you can you break can through. through it. Yeah. Yeah. Advance Wars. No, no, no. <laughs> um, b- there are, there are these missions that are fog of war, meaning you can't see whatever, where everybody else is. You kind of have to rely on context clues. And if you don't make the right decision, you cannot, like, there's no fixing you running into the same problem over and over again, right? Until you get it right. You've got to tactically sort through it. Um, But what's been really interesting with this is, at the same time I've been playing Advance Wars, my son has been going, my son is seven, going to chess club. Um, His school has a voluntary chess club that he could start for the first time this year. Mm -hmm. And revisiting chess and my relationship with it, which I would say I'm not good. I I've spent blocks of time in my life where I've really, you know, engaged with chess. Um, but I, you know, I'll do the daily puzzle on chess.com every once in a while and I will do it poorly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I stumbled upon this game called really bad chess. Have you heard of this Cameron? No. <laughs> so it's an iOS game. It's on Apple arcade. It's got a daily puzzle as well. And basically, it scrambles the pieces. And you play against the computer. I play against the computer on, like, easy level or whatever, um, which is more than enough for me because, boy, I've lost to it. But, you know, you might open your map, and you have six bishops, two pawns, three queens, and a king. Like, it could just it just scrambles them all up. Your opponent's side is all scrambled up, too, and you just play. Okay. And it is wild. So... I'm sure a lot of people have played this because it's a very well-known iOS game, but I find it to be a great substitute for doom-scrolling Twitter. When I'm, like, <laughs> sure. waiting on, like, the dentist office or whatever, really bad chess is a great... It's got an undo button, thank God. And nice. okay. It's, it's just a fun variant on a great game. So, uh, coming in with the hot takes, chess is a game you should check out. <laughs> We're just full of hot takes today. Yeah, The hottest <laughs> of takes, Cameron. All right, man. Well, if someone would like to get a hold of you and play really bad chess with you, where could they find you? That's all on Twitter, at Cameron underscore McCoy. And I'm at Curtis Now. Our official show feed is at SpikeBeatMTG. We'll check you guys next week.